I don't think meta narratives are my cup of tea. The more I think about them, the more I look at them, uh, the less I want to enjoy the material in spite of actually liking it, which feels oddly meta to me, too. I don't like that. Anyway, uh, this is MJ. I love comics, and right now I want to talk about Spider-Man Bloodline, issue two. Uh, it was written by J.J. Abrams and Henry Abrams. The artist was Sarah Pacelli. Uh, inking assistant was Elisabetta Damasio, or Deamico. Uh, Dave Stewart was the color artist, and uh, Joe Caramagna was the letterer on this issue. So, uh, once again, this is Spider-Man Bloodline. It's just called Spider-Man. It shouldn't be called Spider-Man. On the front it is, um, but in the back, where they show the credits for everything, it's Spider-Man Bloodline 1, 2, etc., etc. Um, I got the, uh, I was looking for a variant cover, but I couldn't find one at the comic shop. I went a week, or like a couple days late, uh, and I'll be putting this out a week later than I wanted to, or about six days later than I wanted to, but what are you going to do? Uh, the cover art's fantastic. Looks really good. Very action-packed. Uh, it almost feels, and I don't know what the preview, I don't think I've seen the preview for the third cover yet, um, it almost feels like these covers are telling the story from back then with Cadaverous, what happened. Uh, and the cover definitely doesn't have anything to do with what's inside of this issue because, well, it does. Spider-Man is on it, and Cadaverous is in, on it, too. And both of them, uh, <laughs> or at least the Cadaverous suit and uh, the Spider-Man suit, appear on the page. Well, that's not fair. They do end up fighting, but... In reality, it's the cadaverous minions or children or whatever that are fighting with, uh, I'm going to call them New Spider. Uh, anyway, with New Spider-Man. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, that stuff wasn't uh, too great. Uh, I did overall like the issue, though, kind of in spite of myself, like I hinted at in the beginning. And I don't know what it is about these meta narratives, but they kind of bug me. Uh, one thing that didn't bug me, though, and that kind of struck me, uh, was the, uh, I mean, man, the art really is pretty darn good. Um... I have been, well, I guess I'll talk about the, this comic itself and then my other commentary on it afterwards. So, the art's pretty good. Um, one of my favorite shots is uh, this one where uh, Ben is swinging Faye away from cops because she's been tagging and he's been helping her. And, like, stuff, there's so much about the image that doesn't make sense. Um, there's paint cans above them, many feet above them and behind them, and I don't even see, I guess her backpack, it's not even open, like, where the cans would be, you know, spilling out, but... It feels very fun, very fresh. It feels very vintage, like it's in the spirit of the uh, original Spider-Man comic books. Um, I like it. I know it's weird to me because, uh, again, I, and it's funny. I um, I didn't argue, but I talked to the guy at the comic shop. I was picking this up on Friday, and I said, "Don't you think the art looks a little bit like Be Cool Scooby Doo?" And I said, "No," and he he was shocked at that. He's like, "No, it doesn't look that bad." And I said, "No, it's not that it's bad. It's just..." Something about it reminds me of that. Um, I said it feels very millennial. Uh, but honestly, the art has grown on me, and I really do like it. Um, I may not like how super lanky Benny is, or Ben is, uh, but that fits. That's what, you know, original Peter Parker looks like. Um, and that's how some people look. It's just all the characters in Be Cool Scooby-Doo look like that. And they have the super simple faces. And uh, except for some places where... No, I mean, she does a good variety, Pacelli, of uh, giving a lot of uh, detail in the faces. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not criticizing the art. I'm actually trying to laud the art right now. I'm just doing it in the most roundabout way I possibly can. And more than the art, you know, this image specifically where he's swinging her away from the cops, uh, it feels um, borderline romantic. It feels very, uh, like I said, vintage old school... Um, like, she's a damsel in distress, and he's saving her, and 
it looks like the comic is handling that in earnest. And I don't know, sorry, I don't know if that's because it's, uh, like, Benny is questioning whether or not he should be Spider-Man, and he's rejecting Spider-Man, and gosh, like I said, there's, there's this whole meta-narrative, because he doesn't want to be Spider-Man, and Faye thinks, like, oh, you have this Spider-Man, like, the best uh, Spider-Man cosplay I've ever seen, like, you must be a super fan of Spider-Man, and all the while he's trying to uh, reject it and, and say that he's not, and that he doesn't like Spider-Man, and he's trying to explain the situation to her, and, like, he wants to reject his powers, um, gosh, man, I gotta say, this does feel like Ray walking away from the, the Skywalker lightsaber, like, he wants to reject this calling, and then you've got this, uh, you know, young lady, um, pushing him into it, and saying, like, no, you should do this stuff, you need to use this, uh, like, we have a responsibility, therefore we have great power, which I, I think it's interesting how she flips it, but again, that's all, like, meta-narrative stuff on the actual, like, on what Spider-Man is, and, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of dislike it, but at the same time, it was still entertaining overall, so I can't really fault it, can I? Another thing that maybe ticked me out of it a little bit more than I expected was that there's a Greg Gunberg, I think that's the guy's name, uh, looking like a guy that, uh, work, who works at Oscorp, and Ben goes out and rescues him in, you know, one of his dad's old Spider-Man costumes. And, uh... You know, Faye's the one who calls him to do it because she's telling him, like, you have to do something. You have to act. You have to use his power responsibly. And uh, it's a little woke, but it's the kind of woke I like um, because I, I am an idealist. And I love the spirit of youth that they capture with that um, and that they that Faye is pulling him out of this place of complacency and distance and coldness. And, like, he, he's been hurt by his dad, by the loss of his mother and all these things. But she's kind of... <laughs> pushing him and she doesn't know all these details about his life of course but she's it kind of takes a character like that to be able to look at someone and say like no you have something to offer the world so you should offer it and um it's funny she made a line she said something similar to spider-verse like hey yeah uh, isn't it that these costumes tell us that anyone can be a hero um and it reminded me very much of of uh you know the thing uh that you know peter says that you know, Mary Jane says uh, that it could have been anybody in the suit. He just happened to be the one that got bit. Um, like, yeah, anybody can be a hero. And I, I do believe in that. And I do believe we should all act responsibly. And um, and we have a duty to, you know, do the best we can for those around us, especially in our immediate area. Uh, and I like that uh, that ethic is being pushed uh, or, you know, communicated here. And it's interesting that it's being done with all this other meta narrative stuff about him rejecting who he is and his destiny and whatnot. And I don't know, it's just kind of strange to me. Anyway, uh, this guy definitely is modeled after Greg Gunberg, right? Or whatever the guy's name is. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. JJ's friend, who was Snap Wexley in The Force Awakens. In fact, uh, I have an image of Snap Wexley, um, and they're juxtaposed, so you can see them, and uh, definitely the same guy. Um, anyway, that kind of took me out of it, like I said. Uh, gosh. I don't know, um, I don't know what to say at the moment. I, I, I'm a little shocked, uh, I say it was romantic. I thought the shot of them flying around was romantic. I think, uh, Faye's effervescence, her excitement, um, her, like, counterculture edginess, and how she's, like, asking Ben for his address, and getting his phone number, and she's touching him, and, uh, she's kind of all over him. It's very refreshing in a way, and he almost seems like, I don't want to say that the, it's like blatantly a, a social commentary, but to to hear certain people like um, Comics Matter, you know, your boy Zach, and uh, some others tell it, because he, he's the guy most uh, check out his stuff, um, him and just some guy, uh, 
anyway, to hear them talk about it, or, you know, tell things, um, all these, uh, you know, modern comics, modern Marvel, are really, you know, weak and milk toast, and they have no romance, and um, they lack certain things, but, you know, here's just a couple of, uh, you know, <laughs> straight young kids, it looks like, um, and, like, there's a romance brewing between them, and I find it interesting uh, how well the uh, the bond between them is being established in this story, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. By the way, I uh, saw that this uh, miniseries, I was looking up because I had missed the the date that this comic came out, I didn't realize it was coming out on the 16th. I wanted to find a site where I could uh, get reminders for when everything's coming out. And it said that this is two of five, so there should only be three more issues, which is disappointing because I wanted to see a lot more of this. I was hoping it'd be at least six, uh, like Spider-Man Life Story, maybe even 12. Um, who knows what it'll turn out to be, but so far it looks like it'll only be five. And I wonder uh, how much more of it is going to focus on their relationship because... Uh, Ben barely gets to act as Spider-Man in this episode, or this issue. And of course, you know, he's rejecting it, and it takes Faye to wake him up and uh, shake him from complacency, but uh, I don't know how much this story is actually going to be about Spider-Man doing Spider-Man stuff, or, you know, him taking up this, the mantle of Spider-Man. Um, but I have a, a good feeling from the end of the issue that maybe... Uh, the future issues will deal with that. And maybe it'll just all lead to a fight with Cadaverous. I'm predicting Faye's going to be hurt somehow by Cadaverous. Um, I don't know. There's this weird ongoing mystery about Spider-Man somehow being the key to saving somebody that Cadaverous has. It kind of reminds me of like a Mr. Freeze situation where he's doing these bad things in order to, you know, save somebody he loves. Um, and um, way is he trying to, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, uh, it's interesting. I find myself thinking about uh, calling back and remembering more of the interactions between Faye and Ben because it really those really did take up the bulk of the issue, and uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with uh, seeing a little character study, but uh, I don't know. I feel kind of robbed or cheated or like I'm being tricked <laughs> into into this story because um, I don't. I still feel like there's not that much of a story. Uh, and I still feel like we're all in setup, but I don't know. Was this act? Uh, was this structured as like a you know film script with five acts in it, um, or three acts? And we're in the first two. The crisis is coming next, and we'll have the resolution. Then some denouement in the fifth issue. I don't know. I don't know that's how it's going to go. Um, all I know is that it's kind of weird, uh, but it's still enjoyable. Like the first one. I don't know if I'd recommend the series. I think I'm honestly going to have to wait till the end of it to really say, oh yeah, you should definitely check this out. Um, but it is interesting. I don't know. I've probably said that too much. Uh, if you've been following along with me, you'd know that I um, have been reviewing uh, Vintage Spider-Man from 62 and onward. Uh, I just finished, I think, issue four, so Amazing Fantasy plus issues one, two, three, and four. Um, I just reviewed that the other day, and uh, I'm going to... I think it's very interesting how, uh, I'm going to compare apples and oranges sort of, uh, they're both comic books, but they're from decades apart. And it's interesting to me how sparse the modern comics seem to be. Um, like the panel layouts are a lot bigger. Uh, they seem to use so far fewer panels. And when there are many panels in one page or on one page, uh, it seems to be like vignettes 
uh, there's not dialogue crammed in there. There's not uh, text boxes or, or uh, like narration boxes crammed in there telling what's going on and what the action is. And I feel like these first two issues had about as much happen in them as the nine pages of <laughs> uh, Amazing Fantasy 15. And I don't know if it's a demerit on more modern books that they don't seem as rich, uh, but the old books uh, definitely seem dense. I mean, we got Sandman's origin story. We got at least two fights between Spider-Man and Sandman. We got Peter uh, being worried about his identity being revealed. This is kind of major spoilers. Uh, we had him you know, defeating Sandman in a, in a second battle. Um, and then uh, some hijinks with J. Jonah Jameson. Um, Spider-Man made fake news. <laughs> just it very strange uh, to me, because I just came off of reading the Sandman issue, uh, how much happened in that one single issue in 22, 23 pages. Uh, and then comparatively, how little has happened in this story so far over two issues. And even this one, it just feels so sparse. And I don't know if uh, that decompressed storytelling that having room for everything to breathe is good uh it doesn't like i'm not thrilled by it i'm not excited um i've been excited uh to read each spider-man issue and and uh, you know the classic one and they've taken me like 30 minutes to read i don't know something ridiculously long like at least 20 minutes to read and this one i felt like i read it in just a few minutes and um i don't know it I don't know. Maybe it is an apple and oranges type comparison, uh, but they're both comic books. They're both put out by the company Marvel. Um, but you can see just looking at them at a glance how different they are. Yes, the coloring is you know richer. Maybe the art is better. I don't know that Pacelli's better than Ditko uh, at this point in her career versus at that point in his career. Um, not that it matters. She could be, and I, I wouldn't care. Um Especially because I think uh, going back and looking at old art, old stories, you have to take them for what they were at the time. But I've been impressed with how good his art is, um, how solid it is. Um, but I don't know. I definitely have a, a taste. Maybe it's just a matter of taste. I think I definitely have a taste for the old style of coloring. And um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here because uh, I've got a waking baby and uh, probably need to go deal with him. And I don't think I have anything else to uh, constructive to add. So uh, I am going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, I want to say thank you for sticking with me. Uh, check out mjwinners.com for more of my work. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee. Or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. Swinging Through Comics can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjwinners.com slash STC. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time I'm swinging through comics.